What are we talking about next? Are we what are we talking about today, Tim? Do we care about motivation? Was that the we other do one? care. We need what to be motivated motiv- about motivating, oh, motivating students. difficult children. So or whatever. when you were teaching, I know you Wait, had to have had because that might have all blended together a little badly. Because I think I was talking over you when you began to talk. So start this conversation again. It's coffee with Christy and Tim. Hey, Tim. Hi, Christy. <laughs> What are we talking about today? Long time no see. I know, right? I think today's topic, if I recall your email correctly, was about motivating students who may not feel the need to be in your classroom. Right. Which you, I think you stated to me earlier, you never had any kids like that. (laughs) None. None. (laughs) If they weren't already thrilled before walking into my room, five minutes after entry, everybody was like, this is the greatest educational experience I've had all my life. And what class would that have been? Every class I taught, it wouldn't have mattered if it was my geography class or my world history class, my speech class, my debate class, my theater class, the year I taught ninth grade literature, whatever. Every single experience, big knot is is hopefully appearing over everybody's head as I'm saying this. Yeah, that's, you know, everybody's going to have children that were just aren't going to be fascinated by what it is you're talking about. You know what, though? I think that you bring up a good point with all the different courses. If it's an elective, and I think when, you know, we had um, Don Goble on the show and he talked to us a lot about the courses that he teaches, those are courses that students really want to be in. And so, obviously, when you're in a high school setting and you have a course that you're offering because kids have a want to be there – you're not going to run into the discipline issues or the lack of motivation. They want to be there. Like, they're choosing. They're not signing up for the course if they don't truly want to be there. So this is more of a, you know, elementary school, middle school, courses that are mandatory that they don't want to take and really seeing them just not motivated in an educational setting, which I had quite a few of those. Well, definitely. And I've, I've had that experience, too. And it's a nature of different discipline problems mm-hmm. from an elective perspective. But yeah, obviously, you're going to end up with students who are thinking to themselves, there's a lot better ways I could spend time than to spend it here with you on 45 minutes of understanding Shakespeare or 45 minutes of trying to learn the quadratic equation or right. whatever. I and so, that. And so that's, that's, and that's always going to happen. So I guess the question is, what did you do? Because mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by the difference between elementary yeah. and secondary. What, what did you do? You've got a kid who's finding it difficult to. And there's a difference. Are we talking about kids who just don't pay attention? Or are you talking about kids who are defined? I mean, there's any number of ways. That... I mean, I think you could define not being motivated. Every kid has their own reason, right? There's always a carrot for a kid. And I think for me, you know, I, I did have quite a few students in the elementary level that just didn't want to be there. And they all sometimes had their own reason, right? Maybe it was something going on at home, the family dynamic, that they had a lot of other things on their mind. And like you said, what's the point in me sitting here all day when I have my mind on so many other things? There were kids that were just defiant or disorderly. And I think for me, trying to figure out the why behind them. I mean, I was always a really big relationship person with my students. Like that always came first to me. Um, Even sometimes I think at the risk of maybe not teaching them all the curriculum because I just wanted to like know them more as a person and like what made them tick or Mm -hmm. motivated or not motivated. So I think it was probably a little bit easier for me because I was so involved with them as far as like wanting to make sure that I cared about them and I love them and I was concerned for them. And sometimes that will help motivate kids if they know that the person there really does genuinely care for them. You're going to be able to find little ways. Now, don't get me wrong. There was always kids that I just, no matter what I did, 
Um, I couldn't motivate them. But I think, one, having a good relationship, really building a, a true, genuine relationship with them, um, getting to know the family, getting to know what's going on in their life, figuring out maybe how they learn best. I think some kids aren't motivated because the way you're teaching ma- might fit 18 of the kids in the room, but not the other four. So I think figuring out how they learn and maybe not being scared to switch it up to help figure out what does motivate them and then trying to gear your learning that way. I mean, those were just kind of some of the things that worked for me with the younger kids. Successful teaching always comes down to some extent, at least, to relationships. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to choose to spend time, even now at my age, if I'm going to choose to spend time with you, mm-hmm. then there, there has to be a reason for me to do it mm-hmm. and, and to engage at a certain level. So relationship building is key, and that can happen in all sorts of different ways. Obviously, it's important that, they, that you are an organized person and you're a clear person. So they see that, I think, part of what is difficult sometimes, especially for teachers entering the field, is to... L- get a sense of how student motivational problems may be based to some extent on the fact that the way things are organized in the classroom is just lending itself to some motivational potential problems. Mm-hmm. If I'm not well organized, if if my lessons don't make sense, if I lack clarity, if I'm not interesting to listen to or whatever, then of course people are going to be less likely to want to listen to me and pay attention in class than, than they're not. And so you, you need to think about factors mm-hmm. that you can control as a person who's presenting information and the ways that you choose to present it. And that's where I think it becomes really important that everything, you're aware of different ways of of presenting information and different learning strategies because some kids are going to be fine if you're spending time talking in front of the class for 30 minutes and some kids are going to be better doing small group or work or whatever. And no one's going to be coming to your class every day no. 100% ready to learn. Well, we're you're, not like that either. No, Teachers you're not going like to go that. You're not going to go to your class right. every day 100% right. ready to learn. So why are you expecting that exactly. from someone else? So don't expect it from them. You're not going to be able to do it for yourself. And so some days you, you're you not, I don't really love this small group work, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to do it anyway that's right. because this is what's going to work for some kids. And that's... Mm-hmm. Figure out what it is you can control and how the information is presented. And then from that, obviously, there's always the base of building the relationship. And then I think that's something that you cannot be aware of too frequently, especially at the secondary level. I think maybe this is just me speaking from my own personal experience. I think this might be easier is a bad word. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm going to say easier. Uh, for now, that it might be easier to build school community at the elementary level than it is at the secondary level because you're dealing with people already in a classroom who are dealing with all all curriculum areas. And at the secondary level with turf battles and Mm -hmm. different departments, that can be more difficult to do. But I think it's really important to have building-wide conversation and a building-wide understanding about how are we as faculty members as a building establishing an environment that makes it worthwhile to come here. Yeah. And, you know, in a very positive, important way, not doing stupid stuff that's right. frilly and doesn't matter and people just look at like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, that's supposed to motivate me. But how are we really doing that? What are we doing across the board? Because obviously the more that the environment as a whole is conducive to kids coming in and allowed to be themselves by but still working in the, the environment properly, makes it easier for everybody mm-hmm. under the sun. And then where are you? Do you have each other's back? Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of it is always still, I think there's I was always worried about too much. The evaluation process, you know, well, you know, you, Miss Jones did it this way and Mr. Smith right. did it this way or whatever. Well, there's a lot of ways to do it. Let's help each other out and mm-hmm. not, you know, evaluate each other in the ways that we really don't know enough information about to truly do well. Yeah. And I think getting to know some of the families of the kids, like if you have a couple of kiddos that you're like, man, 
nothing I'm doing is getting these, this kid motivated. Um, I think a lot of times just they could be getting that from home. Like maybe their parents, because, you know, we're old now, Tim. And so, <laughs> Speak for yourself, Kristen. Right? Some of the kids that are in class, like their parents aren't that much older than they were. You know what I mean? Like their parents were just in high school, right. you know, 10 years ago. And maybe they had a really awful experience in school or weren't motivated. And so they're sort of not passing that on to their kids, but maybe saying things or, or not really have good relationships with people at the school and not a lot of communication. So I think if you get in touch with the family and they you get to know them, it could like maybe change their view of what school is and how you are with their child, which then in turn could yes. be a catalyst for the child to see it you know, in a different light as well. Like, oh, my mom really likes this teacher and they get along and they talk all the time and my mom says really good things about her. And so that is now going to motivate me to do well for, you know, Mrs. Jones because she has such a good relationship with my mom. And, you know, my mom said if I didn't do it, you know, so I think that has a lot to do with it, too. And, you know, unfortunately, nowadays with technology, there's not a lot of face to face with parents anymore, really much. I mean, conferences are very mm -hmm. quick. You know, especially when your kids get older, they're like, you got 10 minutes in this room, 10 minutes in that room, and everything else is like email and texting with parents. So there's not a lot of that relationship building like there used to be um, where your parents would have to be up at the school all the time or that was like the main hub for the community mm -hmm. was the school. And so I think that kids were just motivated to be there because their parents wanted them to be there. Yeah, think about ways you could use that technology to your advantage yeah. in terms of how you utilize, I mean, how many teachers have their own websites now? Or well, what can you put on there? But also think about letting both faculty and, and students see you as opposed to just the message. I mean, it's just as quick now for you to, like, do a 30-second little video that you can put on the website or put into mm -hmm. Google Classroom or whatever the case would be as to send the text message. And how much more valuable might it be for the, for the parents to actually see you say, and this is the good stuff we're doing this weekend, blah, yeah. blah, blah, kind of stuff. Because a lot of the technology just enables you to like forget that there's a person behind it yeah. and that's something I think we constantly need to work on. Well and I think the debate between intrinsic and extrinsic rewards I was giving out candy bars. That's a great <laughs> motivator when you're dealing with eight year olds. <laughs> that, that's... You have a box full of Hershey bars on your desk? Believe you me they're going to be motivated to get that candy bar and but that's really frowned on now like people don't do too much of that extrinsic for, for good reason you know I get it you shouldn't be handed out Hershey bars to your kids, but I mean, it worked. Well, there's a lot of things that could be a, an extrinsic motivation that doesn't have to be a, a nutritionally unfriendly piece of um, <laughs> so food good. that someone's going to get. But um, I mean, you know, grades are an extrinsic motivator for some kids, and some kids don't care diddly squat about right. grades. But you know, a different extrinsic motivator might work. I mean, obviously, there were some kids who, obviously, from the speech and debate end, winning the debate round right. was an extrinsic motivation. And and that was nice. Or getting the trophy at the speech tournament was an extrinsic motivator. And that's good. There's mm -hmm. no reason not to strive for that if it works for you. But at the same time, what are you? Do what is the standard you're setting for yourself and what is your own internal clock saying to you about what makes me better at this and excited for this and mm -hmm. doing well at this and why would I want to keep up with it and that kind of thing. So yeah. I think it's... Just provide. I think it's just a continual conversation with kids and parents about the fact that we're all in this learning together. Let's keep ourselves focused to make sure that we understand what it is we're trying to get to. And just remember this. If you want to motivate your kids, put a box of candy bars on your desk. 